episode 60 of Strange Brow Radio. Thank you again for listening, tuning in, subscribing, and sharing this channel. And again, my name is Tobe Johnson, and today we're speaking to extended experiencer Mike Patterson of Sasquatch, Ontario. Now, some of you know that name very well, know the name Nefetia very well, and we have much to discuss. And we'll get to all that. But first, I want to thank our sponsor. Again, Feral by Aaron is where you can get all your sound alchemy tool needs. Now, maybe you don't know you need a drum rattle or smudge fan. But if you go on Etsy.com, you will want one. Because they're museum-quality, beautiful tools. And there'll be new merchandise coming up shortly. So check back at Etsy.com. Again, that's Feral by Aaron, E-R-Y-N. Okay, more in a moment with our guest, Mike Patterson. Sasquatch, Ontario. Of course, in Ontario, Canada, is where Mike Patterson started his YouTube channel. A YouTube channel that made a lot of bold claims that not only was Sasquatch visiting their property, but there was also a lot of incredible, shall we say, divisive audio captured of language from a Sasquatch named Nefetia. I mean, the only way to really talk about Mike's case is to be bold and blunt about the claims. So rather than hear everybody's opinion of what's going on in Ontario, I thought it'd be good if Mike and I spoke one-on-one. So that's what you're about ready to listen to is a candid, frank conversation involving what an extended experiencer's interaction may indeed look like. Now, I will admit I was surprised over some overlap of the nuances of Mike's phenomena and the phenomena we've experienced and the phenomena that I've talked to other witnesses about. And so these commonalities... Um, took me back uh, uh, to a degree because some of the stuff is lesser spoken about or researched or mentioned. And it's those kind of details that you're always looking for when it comes to the real McCoy. But as always, with the cases that you've heard up here, I mean, you've had 59 interviews previous to this one here to make up your mind with the guests that have come on here. And my job is to not try to make up your mind for you, but give you enough content to where you can derive your own opinion and solutions on how to handle this kind of stuff. So without further ado, my conversation with Mike Patterson. All right, we're on the phone with Mike Patterson of Sasquatch, Ontario. Good morning, Mike. Hey, Tobe, how you doing? Good. All right, it is... uh, an early morning here in the Pacific Northwest. And Mike, you're um, in Ontario, so you're three hours ahead of us. And you are continually getting activity in your area. And so I want to talk to you not only about the Sasquatch activity that you have, but also this other paradigm that coalesces around the Bigfoot activity. And maybe we can pass some ideas around here, but go ahead and tell people who you are, Mike, and a general idea of your story. Um, I'm just the 
you know, just your average guy, man, who started looking into this subject back in uh, 2008 after spending, you know, spare time in the woods um, doing some photography and stuff. And, and I just had this epiphany to start searching for these guys. And at this point, and you, you know how it is, at this point, I wonder, you know, where that uh, thought came from, if it was just happenstance or if I had a little bit of uh, a nudge, you know. So I've been uh, documenting Sasquatch activity for the past 11 years. And then the past seven years have been a situation up in the Kawartha Lakes region at a private property. And uh, it's just been absolutely nuts. And, and 100% of the visits, you know, we have uh, activity going on with a, a family. And the main character, is, as many people have come to understand, his name's Nefertia. And He's just, uh, he's a, he's a funny guy. Okay. So you are on a first name basis with a Sasquatch, which is probably a rare thing to be. And uh, you get daily visits from Nefetia, do you? No, not, not at home. Um, but uh, like I do get activity here. It's not nothing like up there at this point. And I, I almost think, um, you know, some of the stuff that's happened at home, I'm, I'm quite sure they've been here, but I'm also starting to think there's another family that's here. And I, it's like, I'm kind of starting over from, uh, you know, like I did with the uh, Neff's family. It just, it shows up that way in the audio when I'm putting audio out at home and, you know, the, the activity that's happening around it, it's not as advanced, right? So it mm -hmm. makes that's what makes me think it's a different family. Okay. So you had a beginning, you had a foundation to your understanding of what was going on. And I imagine just like in our case, it's trying to figure out whether or not there is something that exists and now you're at the point where you're figuring out who they are and what they are uh, talk about that transition from learning the existence to trying to figure out what the existence is well existence really solidified for me on uh, it would have been october 25th 2008 the 4 30 in the afternoon when one of them vocalized really close and that was, uh, that was basically the moment that put me on this path and changed my life, really. And just the, the, just like that triple, really guttural, raspy whoop call that um, he sounded he sound 10 feet tall. He filled the forest with that call and my, you know, my jaw just dropped. And, and even though I didn't see anything, you, I knew what it was. It was a, it was a no brainer. You can't, uh, even though I did, I denied what it was for a couple of weeks. It's still, uh, you know what it is, right? And that's basically started this journey. And I, I went about four years after that, uh, visiting that same area, having uh, multiple incidents in, in multiple locations, actually, until uh, I met Dwayne back in 2012 and started investigating uh, his family's property. And that's, uh, you know, that, that's when they really started uh, showing their presence. And 
it starts off slow and you know and it's very slow progression it's like baby steps it's like an unveiling and it doesn't take long though to figure out especially with snow on the ground that they have quite the abilities and and the stuff indoors didn't start happening for you know it didn't take that long either and you know you just start seeing little weird things happening like a little figurine that was on top of the fridge all of a sudden it's on the the part you know in between where the door and uh, the freezer up top of the fridge opens and it's like okay well how did that get moved there that it's going to fall if you open up the, the door right so, you know, there's nobody here and uh, that shouldn't be moving on its own and you know you just start noticing little things like that right and um and then uh, yeah it just uh, continues to progress and um at this point it's physical contact mind speak uh, there's been visuals there's been uh, all kinds of audio and manifestation of objects out of thin air and um Footprints that are documented uh, that go uh, that go nowhere. Single footprints and trackways, uh, and the handprints, even fingerprints, and it's just uh, on and on, right? It's, you know, they they show you a a part of them that um, really it shatters this paradigm, and mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people have a difficult time um, accepting that they're. This is stuff that's going. This stuff's going on, right? It's understandable. Right. You know, it really, really does show you how conditioned we are too when you have this contact. Really, it really exposes that uh, human conditioning and uh, just seeing the reactions from others. Um, but uh, yeah, that's it's crazy stuff. <laughs> crazy fun. Yeah, it it can be. I mean, you've said some things in the last five minutes that if I were looking into your case and you were speaking about small little weird things happening, especially this little figurine on the refrigerator placed in a precarious way, that may not sound like much, but it's, it's a very interesting anecdote as far as the types of activity that you may find inside your house and now you're are you're in a place where you're comfortable with activity coming from outside to inside yeah i have no problem with it it's mm-hmm. uh, it's quite enjoyable like last visit they're, they're doing um i got poked in the back twice last visit indoors they used to always do that outside and, mm-hmm. and i just asked them one day i said hey you know you guys never do this indoors can you do it indoors so they they've started doing that mm-hmm. and um, I'm using a sketch pad and a chalkboard, so I'm asking questions. Like last visit, I I actually asked them. Um, I said, you know, I just kind of stand there or sit there and speak out loud. I I said, uh, I'm I'm human. We call ourselves human. Um, what do you call yourselves? You know, what name do you have for your people? And uh, we stepped outside. This was almost right when I arrived too. I was only there a few minutes, so I left the chalkboard on the table and we both stepped outside come back in and uh, on the chalkboard they'd written mushta mushtaba and uh, okay cool so you know just to see that sort of thing uh, see those writings right that 
communication is amazing. So yeah, the the activity indoors and and also uh, <laughs> I was sitting in a chair and this uh, ball, kind of like a hockey ball, appeared right in front of my face, bouncing off the floor. Just uh, I sat there and watched it come right over thin air. They've done this right in front of my eyes numerous times, right? And yeah, I'm fine with it. It's cool. It's fun. Mm-hmm. There, there's no uh, malevolence there. So, and they've shown over the last it's seven years now. Mm-hmm. Um, they're quite humorous, funny, lighthearted people that uh, just kind of exposing their existence and what they're about. Okay, I want to get to some of the attributes of the things that you're speaking about here, but. I want to ask specifically about the beginnings and the origin of this because you were working early on with Dwayne Scott. And do you and Dwayne still have a working relationship or where are things now with the cabin and you and uh, your access to his property? Yeah, we'd, uh, like I said, just started up about... um, September, late September or in 2012. And we went, we made about roughly 80 visits or so till March 20th, 2015. That was the last visit when uh, Dwayne pulled the plug because of their, the, the trespassing and stalking and harassment that's really permeated this situation. And I, you know, by somebody that I'm well aware of who it is, he's a BFRO member, and I've had nothing but problems with the, this little slime ball he is. Um, and, uh, you know, Dwayne didn't know at the time if uh, if I had anything to do with what was going on, right? He didn't really know me that much, and because um, I never I never knew him before this. So it went, uh, you know, after the 20th of March, which was the last visit where I documented really awesome conversation with Nefetia. I had a momentum going with the, those vocals. It was continuous and and it was just, I, I think I was on about the ninth one where, you know, he'd yell out and we'd go back and forth, right? And, and then, you know, suddenly I get the rug pulled from under my feet. That was difficult. That was hard to take. And, and since then, I, you know, I reached out to him a few times and um, we were at each other's throats for a while because he's a, he was calling it a hoax trying to, he wanted to, you know, the um, harassment and stalking and to go away. Right. So that's what he did. He called it a hoax to try and make this disappear. And obviously it didn't work. because I wasn't allowing it. You know, I was like, no way, man, you're not, uh, you're not doing that. And we've, you know, we've since talked, um, this is a while back now, and we've been working together ever since. Still, so yeah, things are going great. You know, they 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 literally show up for us 100 of visits. There's as much stuff going on indoors as as you know. A lot of people think it's a hoax. That they think, well, you know, maybe you're being hoaxed and you're just not seeing. It. It's like no, no, no. There's there's hundreds of incidents and there's stuff that happens out of thin air in front of my eyes. I'm very diligent in, uh, um, you know, my observations of, uh, right. Yeah. Just 
So Dwayne and Dwayne had a Dwayne had a conversation with you about the fact that he was going to set you up and then basically defame you so other people would believe what he's saying and not come around the property. Is that the case? Um conversation with me. Um I don't know, uh, I can't remember what the back and forth between us mm-hmm. was. Um, it wouldn't have been much of a conversation if he, if he was doing that. That would have been more of a threat. Right, threat. right. Yeah, I don't uh, really recall that. I just know we were at each other's throats back and forth. So. Okay. I just, I want to get some of this out of the way so we can get more into the meat and potatoes, but I know the backstory behind, you know, it's somewhat controversial of what you're presenting, but because of what I've presented, it's very controversial as well. And I understand how difficult it is for people to believe certain parts of the audio portion of Sasquatch Ontario because they're difficult parts of the El Moon lab that are, you know, they're hard to share because they're so unbelievable. Nefetia's voice is, um, it's very controversial sounding. And did you struggle with how Nefetia vocalizes because of the nature of, it doesn't sound like anything I'd ever heard before as far as percussive speech. What do you think is going on there? Is is Nefetia trying to vocalize in a way that you understand better, or what? What what's your instinct about that? Um, I know from uh, interacting with you know different family members. I, I think you know a lot of people. I think they they assume they should all sound a certain way or or all sound the same. Or it's like no man, these are people. You know, they're, right. they differ, just as we do. We're, we're people. We all differ. And, um, you know, so some people, they're expecting this rapid chatter talk. And it's like, um, we don't know anything really about them. So you can't expect anything when it, when it comes to that, especially with, with no knowledge of their, uh, really, of their vocals or anything that can really solidify, you know, give us any conclusions that uh, make sense with, uh, um, how do I say this? Uh, they're, they're just different, right? And, and Neff's voice, yeah, he it, he's shown that, um, to me, it sounds like he speaks multiple languages. And, and I'm at the point where I'm wondering if he's speaking multiple languages, even in a sentence. Mm-hmm. You know, like English and and uh, there's uh, one piece of so what is uh ooh, 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 ta, and instantly he's like need chu do da do da and you know and I hear that and I think that's language or he's speaking English or I hear stuff that has a sounds like an Asian dialect to it um, or stuff that sounds very native and Sometimes it's all in one, you know, little sentence that he blurts out, or and he's also um, vocalizing with uh, inhale and exhale, and uh, you know some of the accusations. I, I, I kind of have to laugh. It's 
I'm like, here, let me let me get you a piece of audio. Here, try this. All right, try this. Let's see you do that without breaking into a coughing fit. Um, so yeah, I understand the you know the vocals are controversial because they're very clear. Um, they would gravitate to my audio all the time, right? So it's it's clear, it's close, and go and back, go back to that statement you made about it gravitating towards your audio. What do you mean by that? Well, they, where wherever I place my audio recorder, they would just hang it there, and sometimes. Um, especially early on, it would be like all night long. Mm-hmm. You know, every once in a while, I might snap a stick or clack a rock. Um, I learned a lot about their behavior through my audio recording. Right. And then they know what the audio does. They, they would vocalize right into it uh, sometimes, right? I'd run the audio mics through my sunroof in my vehicle for uh, one of the recorders and Sometimes Neff would be there right at my vehicle banging on my uh, car roof while he's vocalizing. Mm-hmm. So they, uh, yeah, they, they, know, they know what the, um, the devices do. They're well aware of that. And some, yeah. of the stuff, some of the stuff I've received is just, you know, it's out there. What do you think the idea behind audio versus video is? Because they're, you know, we always speak about there being a permission slip for audio but there's definitely a no-no when it comes to capturing them on video. What do you think the difference to them is? Do you have any ideas? Um, I get, you know, I guess that visual is very, uh, uh, it's, well, it's just different. Maybe they, they just don't want their image shown, but at the same time, um, uh, you know, I, I, it's not, I don't think that's a, it's a definite no, no, it's a permission only with, uh, you know, photographing. Okay. With that said, have you deployed cameras and come up with anything anomalous or Bigfoot or otherwise? I started putting, um, uh, trail cams out early on and I took them down after a while after I started realizing the intelligence we we're dealing with. And um, at one point we, I, I went out and bought a point and shoot camera and started leaving it out for them, not as a way of trying to trick them for a photo, but just as a device, as a tool for communication and something to, to play with. And they did end up putting literally dozens of images on it. Some even appearing I would leave this on the kitchen table. It didn't start off like that. It started off in the forest, but eventually I progressed to inside the cottage where I'd leave this on the table with a sketch pad, all that stuff, right? And, uh, you know, these images started appearing. So we'd even be sitting at the table. The camera would be within arm's reach, and I would just keep checking it, taking a look every few minutes, and, and images would even appear as we're sitting there, and this thing's... You know, it's like, okay, well, that's new. Mm-hmm. That was there five minutes ago. Yeah, there's oh. a there's a photograph of what looks like a fish's eye uh, on your uh, YouTube page or one of the pages there. And it struck a chord with me because early on when I was um, getting to know Lisa and Sean Fay that were witnesses in Cottage Grove, Lisa was claiming that something was accessing 
her phone while it was in her pocket or while she was asleep. And she would wake up to images of the farm animals' eyeballs, including animals that she didn't know. They have a little farm. But one of them was the eyeball of a goat that didn't belong to her. Um, are that, is that what we're talking about? Things like that? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I took a lot of crap for, for those for those eyeballs and and there there is a fish hanging up in Blaine's cottage but that's not that eyeball doesn't match you know it's not the same one so i think it comes from another place as well uh, as well as i you know one image i got with this crazy wild blonde hair and it was indoors and and i remember when i was putting that in Blaine's like i don't know man you sure is you're gonna you gotta take a lot of crap i said yeah i know but it's but it's true so to hell with it let's do it and that that image showed um, the indoors. It was not inside from inside the cottage either, somewhere else, right? So, so much of this is just enough for you to enjoy, but never enough for your neighbor to enjoy. It's almost like if you dare share this, people will <laughs> think less of the information because it is so tailor-made for the witness or whoever they're interacting with. Um, it's it's a very difficult thing sometimes to to share and talk about because of that fact, and you almost have to just keep it in the family. Are there things that you still don't talk about because they're just too strange, too personal? Well, you know the stuff I put out, I put out some stuff that's really strange, like voicemail. I got a voicemail from Nefertia after we joked about it the night before um, because of receiving a photo or a drawing through. Uh, phones. At one point, we uh, Dwayne calls me up and says, "Did you uh, you send me a drawing on the phone?" I said, "What?" And he sends it to me. He took a screenshot and it said it came from my phone, my name, and I know, like, man, it wasn't me. And this was back in 2013. So now we know it was them, and we we're joking about that. And I said, "Yeah, watch next. He'll send me a voicemail." And that's what I got on the way home the, the next morning. With uh, um, it, it showed up on my phone as the. Uh, it didn't even say private call or anything. It was just there was there was no information. My phone didn't ring or anything. I just you know kind of looked on the seat beside me and I I saw the flash from my phone and something's there and I I played it back and I just you know, broke out laughing there. And so, you know, that stuff is so crazy. But as far as um, telling everything, no, there's some information I do hold back that, uh, mm. I, you know, there's certain things that I just don't, you know, it's nobody's business. And, and um, you know, the, some of the information, it's, it's a bit, uh, yeah, it's a bit too right. much. I mean, we tried to hold back a lot of this, but eventually you just end up, you know, saying it. Maybe you're a couple beers into a story and all of a sudden a detail slips out and you're like, oh, no, no. Now I got to explain this one because it's, you know, been posted to social media. It's not as though you can't talk about it. It's it, it's not wanting to talk about it because of the ramifications of having to defend something so Unbelievable. Now, what you just said, um, I'll, I'll go ahead and release one of these facts here. When you're talking about audio or video impressions without a date stamp or a time stamp, 
that is something that happened recently. Um, just in, and maybe you can bounce off this story here. So I'll, I'll tell it real quick. I'll lay the groundwork out for the weird. Um, Daryl, the property owner of the El Moon Lab, was up with a guy named Ren, who was his neighbor. And uh, Ren has a pretty interesting story. He worked with Lauren Coleman and Lloyd Pye previous and just happened to live maybe a half a mile down the road from us. And so, of course, he had a vested interest in this strange and unusual, although the stories and what we were showing him was pretty hard for him to wrap his mind around. There came a point when they were above the infamous Al Moon property uh, and they were doing a night sit and they saw lights rise up from the forest floor and go across like a clothesline through the trees relatively close. And then the um, foot, steps started to come in on them and the smell started to come in on them. Now, I've never smelt a uh, smell in and around the property that I would say is a, a terrible, awful, Sasquatchy smell, if that is a Sasquatch at all. But um, we went back to check out this area in the daytime and have them basically do a recreation. And after we had left the area and, and they explained what had happened to them, Daryl calls me up and says, I've got a video with no picture, no date stamp, no time stamp that has ended up with audio only on my phone. And this is what, and I don't have it queued up here, but in short, something is utilizing Daryl's voice to speak another language. And you hear Daryl's voice say some very unusual almost backwards garbled language talk. And then there's this woman conversing back and forth that almost seems like she is predicting the fact that we are going up into the woods, saying things as a matter of fact, like, oh, they're going to come out, something to that effect. So there's this weird back and forth. But getting back to the previous witness, Lisa and Sean, who are saying that they have strange images that show up on their phone that show in particular the eyeball of a farm animal. And then the video evidence uh, that Daryl presented, which there is no way this guy could hoax this. I mean, first of all, it's, it's such a complex language that it's speaking and it's his voice. And I know that it's not him for those two, those two main reasons. So it gets back to you, Mike, what you're saying is so familiar and unexpected in our conversation. You and I have never met before that, um, these are the kind of things that I look for, for legitimacy. And so, um, have you had multiple examples of things like this uh, appearing on digital devices? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, uh, there was, uh, you know, there, there would be a video as well, because I would leave video camera on the table and they would impose, uh, I say impose, because it just shows up mysteriously, right? Um, short little clips, like a couple seconds, two, three, four seconds. I think that, and, and uh, that I would have this kind of uh, movement on video of you can see hair and stuff, but no, it's just completely ambiguous. And so one time I even, I said to Neff, I said, you know, Neff, the longest clip you, you've really given me is like four seconds and you never say anything and I hear your voice. So after I said that, 
how you end up getting a nine second clip of uh, a vocalization on the video, but but this time now there's no video with it, just audio, right? Um, but uh, he's constantly showing. Yeah, I understand the context of what you're saying, mm-hmm. and and it, and you know that shows up in uh, these uh, instances, like mm-hmm. the plane, right? But yeah, so there's been um, little video clips, audio clips photos, mm-hmm. all, all kinds of it, um, you know, through the phone, uh, you know, any of the electronic devices, it seems they, they don't have any problem manipulating them. No, now you, you're on the, the same boat as me, that there's other things happening in concert with this. Do you believe that Sasquatch is the, basically the foundation or the catalyst for these other things coming in on it. What's the relationship between UFOs, ghost, yeah, uh, you you know, all of the supernatural uh, joining in on it? Um, well, the UFO connection. I know there's a there's a few couple of few reports out there with claims of them being seen coming and going from UFOs, and it was. Uh, I'd had, I've had five incidents with UFOs. Three of them, uh, or four of them were up in the area. Three of them were uh, consecutive visits of the moving object up in space, giving off a really bright flash that I'd never witnessed before. And then suddenly I'm getting three visits in a row, basically directly overhead up in space, you know, watching these objects and okay well that's weird i've never seen that in my life before and i and i I watch the stars right i can't go out i've never seen anything like you know what happened there and and then three times three visits in a row i get that and then there was uh, um two ufo incidents since i think it was september 2018 15 days apart one during the day and one at night and and the, the conditions are pristine. And this is another thing about Sasquatch activity. Their timing is always impeccable. Um, the, so we're, we're dealing with consciousness, really. There's, there's a collective consciousness. That, um, I, I do believe the Sasquatch, they are, you know, they're the main players um, with what we're dealing with. Uh, it's, it's terrestrial, really, but it seems to me there's an extraterrestrial origin going on um i i think that uh, with the sasquatch activity you know i have no idea if there's other involvement from other different types of beings like there there, there is a picture where a face showed at the window at Dwayne's cottage and it's got these huge black eyes it's you know it's not a good picture but you can see the eyes no problem and you know they're very uh not not so almond shaped like like a gray ET, you know, that they talk about, but um, definitely huge black eyes that are, it's nothing, you know, that we know of any biological uh, living thing uh, that, you know, that resides in our forests anyways. So I, I do believe there's other things that are uh, either you know, interact with the Sasquatch that, um, and, and I've actually, uh, I have one piece of audio too, where I have a Sasquatch speaking and you can, you can hear him give a little chuckle about halfway through this piece of audio. It's like, it's having a conversation with something 
but the other sound is very electronic like it's, it's very bizarre and it's it's making this talk or whatever you want to call it simultaneous as the sasquatch is is speaking and it's it's just very bizarre it's like what the hell is he talking to right and it makes me think like okay that that sounds like a, another type of being although i have no idea because i can't see right so definitely uh, other stuff going on some of the witnesses i spoke spoken with um including myself have seen smaller boot-like footprints uh in in the snow it seems that these footprints have shown up more often than not have you seen other little tiny footprints that maybe look like indicative of a boot or a, well, that, a, a shoe that's that's really interesting you say that because this just happened last visit because at one point we were out there and looking in the snow and we see this line of this short trackway and it's perfect uh, uh, tightrope, right? And the steps are big steps, but it's not, it, it, it looks like a boot. And that, at first, like I even have the audio of me saying, you know, somebody messing with us, use another word, but, um, you know, for a sec, I was like, you know, I hope nobody's here screwing around with us, right? And then all of a sudden I hear Dwayne give a, a chuckle and I said, what's going, what's going on at the end of that little boot trackway or whatever you want to call it. There was no treads in it. It just didn't look like their feet. Uh, but at the end of it, there was a Sasquatch footprint, which was blatant. Uh, it's like, Oh, okay. Now we know. Right. And we just kind of laughed, but it was sorry. Yeah. So that, that's really interesting. You say that because that just happened to us. So, and I and I took video of that, which I will actually put in the next video. Now, are you saying that these are barefoot prints in the snow, like you see a Sasquatch print, or I'm trying to understand what you saw? Um, well, the the short trackway with these prints that looked like they didn't look like Sasquatch footprints, it, but at the same time, it walked like they walk. How they you know tend to show their uh, trackways with this direct line this tightrope walk so did these uh three or four footprints in a row um kind of looked almost like human boot but not right there was no tread right but there, there was no defined defined toes or anything right you didn't see like the swish symbol or the reebok <laughs> symbol no, on, no, on the tread like gotcha that. right and, and at the end of that little line of trackway there was there was a Sasquatch footprint that was you know clear you could it was perfectly clear and hair in it and all that mm -hmm. so that uh, yeah that was the first right I've never seen that before it was like mm -hmm. well that that's kind of bizarre why wouldn't the print show up um, you know as as the one at the end of the trackway so it's just mm -hmm. uh, another thing that they reveal it seems to be a constant reveal of new information. Right. And th these things don't help you make the case for just talking about Nefetia. It really gets into why in the hell would you add a detail about this that makes you look as though you're, you're not looking into the phenomena legitimately. The thing is that when you look into the abyss and it's so strange and bizarre, it's because it's so strange and bizarre and you you just have to tell it the way it is. And these these are the kind of things that I would tell witnesses to look for or ask them if they'd seen 
And um, I think it's a really interesting detail that we, we can't just gloss over. Little, in our case, little tiny, they almost look like children's footprints walking to and from locations. One of them was coming down the hillside of a uh, ravine, a very remote ravine in Oregon in the snow. And it only sank down about two inches in about three feet of snow and walked down the mountain ridge. I thought that was pretty unusual for a child to be doing. And then in the case of, again, back to Sean and Lisa Fay, um, they had little tiny children's footprints walking up the ravine from the creek bed towards their house and standing behind their car for a period of time and wiping the snow off the back window and then disappearing. There is no, that's the thing with this too, Mike, is that are you finding uh, a lot of this evidence when it comes to snow? There is no entry point or exit point. Um, there's, uh, yeah, it, it's a sudden appearance and, and sudden stop. Although mm. I have uh, witnessed, um, I have found the, the starting trackways mm -hmm. where, you know, especially there's, there's one that I can think of that uh, there was some dirt pressed in, in with the, uh, you know, there's quite quite dirty footprints there at the beginning, and then they suddenly go clean after just a you know a step or two, right? And that's it. And then, uh, yeah, the we've documented hundreds of their footprints from multiple family members, and 100% of the prints go nowhere. They're they're placed purposely. They're given to us. You know, you you can tell, right? It's uh, um, like that uh, couple visits back that eight inch footprint that showed up in front of my car. And that happened in um, real time. We were standing there when it happened because it wasn't there a second earlier. And th these are given purposely. It's just to show their presence. Hey, I'm here, or, you know, whatever they're doing, right? And mm -hmm. it's, it's always fun to see the adult prints because they like, okay, I, you know, must be doing, be doing something right for the big guys to be, uh, you know, taking their time to do that, right? And just mm -hmm. show their presence. Now, the name Nephatia, it, uh, it sounds as though it might be linked to the book of Genesis and the word Nephilim. Uh, what do you say to those people that think there's a link between Sasquatch and the fallen angels? Um, I, you know, when, when Nephatia first told us his name, I started spelling it. Like, you know, I wrote it as N-E-P-H-A-T-I-A. And at this point, I changed it to N-E-F-A-T-I-A because of how many people use that connection of that name and call him Nephilim. And I think, you know, how ridiculous is that? Because you, you don't know, you don't, you don't know anything um, about this, about uh, who they are, what they're capable of, you know, their, their um, demeanor and the whole Nephilim thing, uh, are they some offshoots? Um, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I can't answer that, right? And and I I basically, I, I don't attach any religious connotation, any religious belief to any of this stuff. I just take it as it comes. And I find a, a lot of people do. And they it tends to be from a fear perspective. Um, with myself, I just... I, I, I take it, like I said, as it comes, and I, I don't attach 
any belief system to it whatsoever. Just uh, documented it as objectively as I can. Right. right. Okay. Well, let's finish that thought there. You're not a spiritual person or a religious person, or how would you look at your faith? Oh, I'm definitely a spiritual person. Mm-hmm. Uh, religion? No, I think religion is uh, just a brainwashing control mechanism. Um, Spirituality it has nothing to do with religion, really, in a, in a sense that, uh, you know, I, I have my belief in an all-loving, great creator. Mm-hmm. I don't... Uh, okay, well, have you ever been surprised by, since we're probably talking about a portal here, things coming and going as dictated in something like, uh, you know, the Skinwalker Ranch, have you seen or experienced what you would call darkness coming through a portal, uh, either accidentally or channeled through an area? Has it challenged you at all in any way? No, no. no. I had, uh, you know, we've witnessed um, kind of like a almost plasma type uh, orb, a pulsating, glowing red orb. That bounced around and pretty much gave us a show. Uh, you know, that's would be, I guess, is the closest I've seen to something uh, portal-wise. I know Dwayne. Uh, that was the second time he witnessed something like that. First time I missed it, he'd seen it with his girlfriend, where it was the same kind of reddish, translucent um, lights. Uh, I think he said it was a row of lights, and it ended up turning into this translucent red doorway in the forest um so whether that was a portal or not i don't mm-hmm. think it was um they didn't witness anything come out of it as far as uh, you know from what i recall what he's told right about. well sure no that sounds a lot like what happened with adam davies and matt johnson and john carlson up in soha you know that case don't you <clears throat> yeah i know about johnson Okay. Right, right, right. But when it comes to what happened to those guys, they describe seeing a red doorway open up in Southern Oregon. Um, and in the case of Adam Davies and John Carlson, there was certainly no reason for them to hoax something like that. So um, I think that's an interesting detail that Dwayne uh, listed there. Uh, I've never seen anything like that. We've taken photographs before. From people, uh, psychics will call them, say, hey, point your camera in the woods this way. There's a portal. <laughs> and you just, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't kind of deal and, and come away with photographs on your camera that look like shafts of light opening up in the dark woods. Um, there's so much audio that I think is uh, indicative of something coming out of a spot because there is no entry point and exit point with this audio, especially when it comes to things like snow. You should hear the crunch, 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 or gravel. You should hear the crunch, crunch, crunch of something approaching when it's yards and yards of snow, like in Ontario, or gravel, like it is in Cottage Grove, and then the sudden exit. Um, how, how do you explain something like that if it's not a portal? Dimensional, vibrational, um I've had instances where, you know, I was at uh, this area I, I go to in the off time, I guess, that's uh, up in Neff's area. And I go up there 
alone, you know, often enough. And I remember sitting in my tent one night, it's late. It's one of those really, really quiet nights and I can hear some stick breaking going on nearby, you know, maybe 50, 100 feet away, um, whatever it was. And so I, I said out loud, you can come closer. And next thing I'm getting this uh, very shortly after, I'm, uh, I get a shuffle sound right at, right at my tent wall, like right there. And it's like, okay, I didn't even hear you walk up. You know, you don't hear the footsteps and they, they can move completely silent and walk right up on you, really, and snap your neck if they wanted to, right? But they're not. Um, but they do have that ability to uh, move right up on us. And, I, you know, I've had physical contact so many times. It's This is how I know they're invisible, right? Like certain things you... Uh, um, certain things are speculation. Other things are solidified through through their actions, like like I just mentioned, invisibility mm. through physical contact. Um, it just shows me how how they can move. Uh, you know some some of the things they do, right? So I, I you know I do have audio where you hear their footsteps, and then audio where you don't, and they are right there at the recorder. So it seems like anything and everything can happen with these guys. It's, it's unlimited. That's totally the case where the audio is so clearly a biped walking up to the recorder. Sometimes it sounds quite human and you wonder whether or not it is a human. And other times it sounds like an elephant on two legs and then the anomalous, oh, we're here all of a sudden and this is happening. And uh, it's, it's, just extremely interesting why they pick and choose moments like that or maybe these are access points of opportunity where they have the ability suddenly to do that i i often toy with the fact that um you know the either the doorways or vibrational shifts are stronger and lighter sometimes based upon what the earth is doing or you know it's hard to explain but uh no, yeah i'm trying <laughs> It's early here. We're trying to grapple quantum physics, folks. <laughs> I understand, but um, from from what I gather, it, it seems it doesn't matter that they just have these abilities. But hey, maybe you're right that uh, there's a certain vibrational anomaly going on at, at the time that they do something that allows them uh, to do it easier. I don't know. But. Right. So, okay, your last video, you get in hardcore with the UFO link. Um, do you feel like you're being dragged one certain way or nudged, as you put it, in a certain no. direction to understand this deeper? Or is this just where you are at the moment? I think it's just a, uh, it seems like a baby step process, just a, a constant exposure um, of uh, new things that... Uh, show a bigger picture, right? Um, I'm convinced there's a connection, you know, because the the one, definitely the the one uh, UFO incident that happened during the day, I was driving north on the 400 up by uh, Toronto Pearson Airport, and it was about 12.30 in the afternoon, and, and it was a perfectly clear, not a cloud, literally not a cloud in the sky. I just one of those pristine 
uh, days and I was driving a bit the speed limit, maybe a little over that, you know, going with the flow of traffic. And I had a transport up in front of me. And uh, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't too far ahead. And suddenly I see this moving shadow come up and it's going the same direction and it's going a little faster than up. And I see it envelop the, um, the transport, the shadow, and it, and it moves over top of it and then it's gone, right? And I, and it only lasts a few seconds, but it was placed right in front of my face. And I, you know, and I'm listening. It's like, okay, well, where's the plane? Where's the sound? There was nothing there. I stuck my head out the window. There's absolutely nothing there. So it was by our standards, impossible to happen. There had to be something above that to create that shadow. And there was nothing there. So I, I'm convinced it was a, a cloaked UFO craft that was that you know placed that in front of me to see if i would capture that right if i would uh, be aware of it and i was and then 15 days later i was up in neff's area and i had another incident and this time it was at night it was pristine conditions again i could see uh, uh you know it was a really clear night i could see planes way off in the distance 30 40,000 feet whatever they're flying at and I can hear their motors, no problem, their engines. I can uh, see their flashing lights. Everything's, you know, it's clear. And then I see this light, and it looks like a, um, you know, airline, air, a, a plane pointed directly at me with its headlight. And it was moving towards me, and it's way off in the distance. And it didn't take long to come up close. And, and um, almost immediately, I noticed there's no flashing lights on this thing. So... I stood up and I'm, you know, I was on this road and I'm watching and it's, uh, it flew over the road, not far from me. Um, and, and the altitude I estimated, you know, maybe a couple of thousand feet. And it was, again, it was one of those perfectly still nights. You could, you could literally hear a pin drop, right? And I'm by myself. And as it passed over the road, there was, it was just silent, not a sound. So it wasn't a drone. There's nothing, there's no drones that are, completely silent like that you know the size of this thing was it was a it was a large light i couldn't see a craft right because it's bright light and yeah no no hum no motor nothing just flew over silently and and it was kind of like uh seemed to be a um a follow-up to the one previous you know a couple weeks before that which I've, you know, I find they do sometimes. They'll, they'll give me a confirmation with a, a follow-up incident if I'm questioning something. It seems that way sometimes. Yeah, no, that's, that's an amazing detail right there, folks. The fact is, is that when you experience this phenomenon, like Mike is saying, they will double down and tip their hat at you to say, yep, that was us. That, that was the phenomena presenting itself here. And it's almost a more elaborate move uh, to prove their point to you. Is that what you're saying? Um, maybe, I, I don't know. It just seems, I, I look at it all as a gift, really, you know, to mm. own this. And to be at this point where I'm observing details, and, and, and I see it at this point, too, like seven years later um, from this situation with Dwayne's is, a lot of the stuff we're getting is very subtle at this point, and and I'll catch things, right? Like listening back to audio that 
could slip by anybody very easily. But, you know, my my ears get perked up when I hear something. It's like, oh, what was that? And, you know, and go back and say, yeah, that's I'm quite sure that's them. Um, so it, it seems that some of the interactions or some of their actions um, become subtle, more and more subtle. A lot of their activity is subtle to begin with, but it seems that uh, it, it's a teaching process, a, a training to you know look for, for the details, pay attention to the details. Right. So what do you think the, what is the training for as far as looking for these details? Because it is so minute and, and uh, it almost is an impractical lesson. I mean, it kind of reminds you of Miyagi and the Karate Kid teaching Daniel's son to, to move his hands in a certain way while he's painting the fence. And then he uses it for karate. What, these details that they want you to notice, what in the hell could they be using them for? Yeah, I don't know. You got me there. Um, obviously, something that they're aware of that we're not, right? They they have their world of existence of this um, richly expanded consciousness, this knowing and connection to uh, a, you know greater uh, unknown. That we're just children taking first steps it seems and um, what they're training for what they're teaching for I have absolutely okay and what about being uh, taken have do you have any indication have you been uh, regressed on any level either privately or publicly Mike to see if you've been visited and taken no I haven't and it's definitely something I'm interested in and I'm open to and I hope to, you know, do that at some point. I did, uh, back uh, 10 years old, I know I had a sighting. And uh, at the time, you know, I said it was a bear, right? I, I know it was a Sasquatch at this point. Um, but uh, I've had incidents growing up as a kid, too, with uh, sleep paralysis. And, you know, there's a presence in the room. And, um, you know, our, our current paradigm would dismiss it as uh, you know, some neurological aspect, something going on there, but um, uh, at this point I see it as a some interdimensional or spiritual or something, you know, aspect of it with other intelligence behind it and yeah, so the sleep paralysis stuff that happens mm -hmm. to many people too, um, especially when you're, you're a kid in that um, that, that happened to me quite a bit and, you know, you can't move and it's pretty terrifying. And there's you, the, the sense of something, someone in the room is palpable. It's so thick, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I've had this stuff going on throughout my life. So, uh, yeah. I don't know. Right. Do you feel like you were placed? maybe over at uh, Dwayne's property it, as though it wasn't just an accident. It was uh, a meeting uh, that was arranged or yeah. because we, we kind of wonder that ourselves, like the people we meet, the conversations we have with them, they're super significant, but we don't understand why, you know? Yeah. At this point, the intelligence we're dealing with, I find it very difficult to, uh, 
believe that this is happenstance. You know, there's, this is just by chance. Um, it seems to me that there is a purpose behind this. Um, I have had an experience where they've shown me an image of them. I, you know, received this uh, telepathic image of dozens of them walking across an open meadow all in the same direction that was followed by the words, soon your people will know. And, and that was uh, something in itself because those words were not verbally spoken and, you know, telepathically they although it was a telepathic instance they were felt and really showed me that um, language doesn't need to have uh, spoken verbal content to understand um, you know something being conveyed right so there, there's a real clarity to that and when they showed me that um, it, it seems to me it seems to me we're in the midst of a reveal. This is what's going on. And uh, at this point, um, it, again, it seems to me that uh, this situation, you know, that I've been involved in with Wayne's is, uh, has purpose behind it to, uh, you know, as, as, as part of that reveal, you know, the, it's been very controversial and they obviously, they know what I'm doing with the information. They know I'm putting it out there that, you know, there's many people I speak to and, and things happen. And, uh, it seems I'm being listened to and watched closely. So I, I do think that there was a purpose in mm -hmm. myself meeting Dwayne and, and this, uh, you know, this situation unfolding and, and putting it out there. Yeah. It's, it's strange. And, you know, and some people might think that's, just ego talk or something. And they, no, man, I, you know, I'm just putting it out there and it is what it is, but it does seem that there was intention on their part. Yeah. This phenomenon has a way of checking your ego at the door and uh, especially with guys, alpha types. And I've seen it time and time again. Uh, generally, most people that are in it for ego's sake are either generally found out quickly to be in it for ego's sake and they'll be publicly excoriated somehow some way but uh, you know when it comes to collecting evidence like you are mike and like i do um do you find yourself ever questioning why you're collecting it because your ego gets involved in this a little bit to try to either you know prove it subtly to other people or do you understand what I'm getting at? Like, uh, is a little bit of inner conflict with why we're collecting evidence when it seems to be relationship based. Yeah, no, I I completely understand that, and and I have I've collected a lot of evidence, and but at this point, um, you know, like a, a recent visit, there was uh, there was some urine in the snow beside the footprints that had just been left, and. Um, a friend pointed out to me, it's funny, because Nepotia, we used to call him Mr. Funny, right? before we knew his name, because he's a funny guy. So um, the one trespasser, we started calling him Pisspot, because it sounded close enough to his last name, and <laughs> he was upset of, of me exposing him publicly, right? So I, I actually had Nepotia calling out Pisspot. I didn't know it when it happened uh, until I played it back, and I was just 
It's there. <laughs> they even wrote it on the chalkboard that same night. Um, but um, my my was my point. Um, <laughs> with a joke like that, I don't think you need one. Are you saying that they scrolled out piss pot with chalk? Um, well, the, the, yeah, they they wrote piss pot with chalkboard, <laughs> and then the urine. Um, by the prince, we, you know, after a while, you, you're, that's why Nefertiti did that. He was being funny. That's why, <laughs> no, because of us calling mm-hmm. him hot. And um, so, at, anyways, to get back to the point, I didn't collect any of that year. I didn't, I've been missing, um, you know, passing up on all kinds of hair and um, snow where it's, it's got the melt from their foot from a print that's seconds old in the snow. Um, I'm passing up all kinds of evidence because at this point, uh, you know, as much as I'd like to see them proven so we could uh, move forward. And and my big thing is that, you know, I I would love to see uh, clear cutting uh, deforestation shut down. This is, this is huge. This part of it, but um, I I found that it's my thought that, you know, there's a cover up here and it's because of the UFO connection that has been covered up for decades by military and governments. They've been lying to us and this is all connected to it. So I had sent hair in for analysis at one point and from what I was told, it cost somebody their job because I I didn't realize they were doing it on the side. So uh, it was in a U.S. government lab who was Russian, um, DNA specialist mm-hmm. and he had told some colleagues and uh, he ended up getting fired. I guess they went and ratted him out and he got fired. And I, you know, I was told his office got flipped upside down. I thought, well, that's a bit extreme. So um, maybe I'm a threat. I don't know. <laughs> Given evidence like that. Uh, um, mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, at this point I, I'll still collect it, but I'm not, it's not priority and I, I'm not that concerned about it. Um, like I said, I've passed up all kinds of evidence this winter. Um, I've just been taking video of footprints and stuff. And, you know, right. Well, as you pass up evidence, does activity change in any, have you noticed a correlation between collecting evidence or not collecting evidence and seeing different types of activity based upon how you interact with an opportunity to collect it? Or is it all just kind of the same? It, it seems to me that it's all been kind of the same. They, they don't seem um, upset or anything like that, but, you know, collecting hair from their footprints. You know, they're standing there watching you, watching you document and pull hair from their prints when it's only seconds old, right? It's just a common sense that you know they're going to be watching. Mm -hmm. Uh, They they keep giving, right? And it's it's always been somewhat the same, just unfolding in that baby step process. And regardless of what we do, you know, they they know our intention is not... um, prove them or we're not trying to trick them for anything. It's just um, quite open and honest. Uh, right. But that dance is still available of trying to figure out how they do it. And there is a game afoot. And uh, 
it's almost a race, of course, um, between trying to understand how they do what they do and uh, understand them better. So it's it's very difficult for me, at least, to not try to enter into that that gamesmanship and outwit them somehow, which sounds ridiculous after everything we said here today. I get that, but the human instinct is to try to outsmart something like this. And uh, uh, I don't think we've ever, the only time I think that we ever came close to that down in Cottage Grove is when we found this sweet spot to, to put our recorder where the vocals seemed to be more promising. And it was kind of a hidden little spot and it seemed to garner better results. Now, when I left it out in the open, we would still get results, but they were a little farther and it sounded like they were sneaking up a little bit more. But it sounds like maybe you have something totally different. You come away with a name for crying out loud. By the way, have you seen Nefetia? Have you guys met one-on-one? Um. He's been seen. Um, I haven't had a close visual. Dwayne and I have, uh, we, we both had a visual together outside the cottage window um, at a distance. Uh, he's, um, the visuals have been minimal, although they have been there. Um, and as far as the whole trying to, trick them or whatever, you know, I'd smart them. I don't do that at all at this point. I just, I simply ask, you know, if I uh, want a handprint or something, I'd, I'd put that intention out there or ask a question and they'll give me a written answer and, or whatever they do. Right. I just tend to be completely open and honest with them. Like I said, because I, 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 I know these guys are uh, outsmarting us by far and at this point, it seems to me also, you know, they, they can read our thoughts. So I have to be completely honest. And I think they appreciate that. Right. And it's a different situation in Cottage Grove because there's other things occurring all at once with the Bigfoot stuff. And you're not quite sure who's going to walk through the back door. So uh, it was it's a whole different situation down there. It sounds like um, you're not getting the type of EVPs or ghostly stuff in and around Ontario, or are you? Oh, yeah. No, I, I do capture all kinds of EVPs. Okay. Um, yeah, a lot of them are subtle. There's a lot of stuff I just, you know, it, it's very short, um, abrupt. And, I, you know, I don't put it out there. It's, it's like, because uh, there's so much of it, right? These right. Things little instances for me it seems to be more about um, just understanding their their behavior and their activity mm-hmm. through through these uh, little evps but i i have uh, captured quite a few of them actually there was one too that really sticks out um it was back in 2013 i think and um i'd i'd had a recorder in my hand and i was talking into it we we're sitting inside the cottage i'm talking into it saying what's going on that night you know we're receiving all kinds of images being imposed on the camera and suddenly this voice comes out of thin air and says what the fuck was that excuse the term but um, <laughs> that's what was said and it's clear and and you can tell by Dwayne's reaction he says that came from in here and 
I'd heard it too, right? But you know, I was talking when it happened. But it, it's clear audio, you know, and it, and you hear this, and I think, you know, it's it must be their children, and uh, I think with their their lungs not uh, you know developed to these massive uh, giants that they turn into at uh, at some point, it's you know they're. They're mm-hmm. human size, right? So you're still equating the EVPs to Sasquatch. Are you getting EVPs that sound like they're from outside of the Sasquatch phenomena? Um, well, like I said, there was that one I, with the Sasquatch sounded like it's talking to something mm-hmm. electronic. Right. Um, other than that, it's, it's mainly, I think, Sasquatch. Uh, Although, you know, like I said, there was uh, that face in the window, too. So there, I, I believe there is other things going on. It's, it's just mm-hmm. not, not prominent in that situation. Right. Yeah. Well, it's hard not to try to draw some parallels here. And um, I guess the EVPs are one of the parallels for sure. So, Mike, what do you have planned for the future here as far as research? Are you working on any projects? Is there anything upcoming? you have any non-disclosures uh, signed for something that we can eventually watch. What's going on with Mike? Um, yeah, I got some stuff planned, uh, not solidified at any point, but, you know, I would like to put something together and put it out there for the public at, at some point, you know, mm-hmm. just give a well-rounded description, understanding of, all this that's going on. You know, I recently had the website put up at sasquatchontario.com and um, the, the, the guy uh, Keenan there, he did a great job on that for me. Um, but as far as, uh, you know, I'm just going to keep moving forward and uh, too far down that rabbit hole. I can't go back now, right? So, right. Once you learn this stuff, that's it. Your perception of reality is changed and you can no longer look at the world as you once did. Um, I'm just going to uh, keep moving forward and just go with it and see where it goes. That's the the key. All right. SasquatchOntario.com. Is that the main place people can find you? And then Sasquatch Ontario on YouTube if they want to see for themselves and hear for themselves. Yeah, yeah, the dot com um, website. There's a contact form on there if anybody wants to uh, contact me. And I do. I get uh, quite a few people that uh, send me messages and tell me about their experience. Right. Uh, and and uh, you know, a lot of people they really appreciate this too because I do get a lot of thanks because uh, I think it gives people uh, understanding. You know, some, with something that they had no understanding with and they couldn't understand what was going on. And, and now that they see, Oh, there's uh, this person that's, has the same thing. And so it, it helps, you know, and I, mm-hmm. I'm there to uh, help people. And it's something that, um, I, you know, I enjoy doing. Right? Well, this has been a, a great show, Mike. I appreciate you coming on. And uh, can you hold the line here uh, after we end this little broadcast? I just want to ask you a question here. But uh, first, thanks for coming on. And uh, let's do it again. Yeah, uh, thanks for having me on there, Tope. I appreciate it. And hopefully uh, everyone enjoys that. Okay, man. Good talking to you.
All right, Sasquatch Ontario, go to the YouTube channel. There's a lot of videos on there, several thousand views. So uh, catch up on what Mike Patterson is working on and um, get in touch with me at strangebrowradio at gmail.com. I'd love some uh, feedback on this episode. I thought it was an encouraging conversation. There's a lot of overlap going on between mutual casework. So, um, you know, there's more of a, a relationship going on, obviously, between Mike and his phenomena than we were ever able to get to and most are ever able to get to. That's why it's so hard to believe, and I think he, he knows that. So let me know again what you have to say about that at strangebrowradio at gmail.com. All right. We need to talk about March 7th, 2020, coming up in six short days, uh, approximately after tonight, by the time you listen to this, at Manresa Castle from 6 to 9, we have had an issue with scheduling in regards to the coronavirus outbreak in Washington State. In short, uh, Governor Inslee has put Washington State on a national emergency map. We've had our first death up north from where I live, not too far away, and not too far away from where our speaker is. So I have had to cancel a, a few things, including leaving town for a while. But the show, as far as I'm concerned, still must go on. So I will be there. And I will be presenting uh, a PowerPoint and a presentation based upon portal interaction and it will be a talk I'll be giving a couple different times this year. So there'll be some new information coming up, of course. So if you um, are coming to Manresa Castle and look forward to seeing Marcia K. Moore and talking about the Peruvian skulls, you can still do that, hopefully in May, as when our next podcast will be. And I thought about putting her on the video screen. We've done that before. But oftentimes something is lost in translation and it's just not the same as having somebody there. So if you are coming, please still do come. Uh, it will be a good show. And um, obviously Manresa Castle is a spectacular place to show up. I won't do a lot of shaking of hands with any of you. <laughs> Don't take it personal. And, uh, you know, just... Uh, Come and enjoy yourself while you still can kind of deal. <laughs> so that's going to be um, coming up on March 7th from 6 to 9th. Portal Interaction and Extended Experiencers and basically how to find your own Extended Experiencer and what to do with them once you meet them. So these are the things that we'll be bringing up. And I'll bring my uh computer and PowerPoint and some audio, of course, here to do that. And that is what I wanted to tell you. Okay, moving on into the future here, episode 60, Into the Tank. If you want to be on episode 61, 2, 3, or 4, or 5, down the road, you can do that. Reach out to me at strangebrowradio at gmail.com. If you're a healthcare provider and want to talk straight up uh, what's going on with the coronavirus and dispel some of the urban legend out there, I would love to have a conversation with you. So if you're a healthcare provider and um, want to uh, talk, I guess, the only news that's really circulating right now besides politics, um, get in touch with me at strangebrowradio at gmail.com. 
Okay, guys, that's the show. Hope to see you March 7th at Manresa Castle, Port Townsend, Washington. And of course, I will see you in the trees. Mm-hmm.